0: Welcome to The Id. Living with ADHD in the arts, fitness, and in general life, we will be having weekly guests, hearing stories, going through the minefield that is now life with ADHD, or knowing people with ADHD, learning maybe some new communication skills, or at least just sharing some crazy stories. So thank you again for joining us on The Id. everybody welcome to the id and with us today we have freya hello freya how are you doing i'm good how are you oh sweet peachy so freya is the daughter of mitch who was in a number of uh, a number of weeks ago who did our first show with us and we thought it would be a good idea if freya came on in to have a little chat as a different perspective being a younger woman in a different realm of ADHD, where she came up through an area within ADHD that was better known, more known. You are, you have gone through therapy and stuff, have you not? Yeah,
1: that's how it started. Um, I was diagnosed because I was there to talk about my brother. And then she told my mother that I needed more help.
0: Right on. So this wasn't really actually the intent?
1: Nope.
0: Wow. Okay, so... How long do you feel you may have actually kind of felt that something may have been a little different?
1: I didn't notice at all. I thought I was normal, whatever normal is. Well, I grew up around two autistic brothers and ADHD right. brothers, so right. I just was like, who I am, that's normal. Um, and then when she told me it wasn't, I was like, oh, that makes more sense.
0: Right. So you thought you were the normal one of the bunch. Yeah. And let's say I'm using normal in quotations here.
1: Yeah. Because
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's just not fair. No I, I don't think that's realistic at all. But anyway, um so your context of understanding that you have developed in a in a much more unique way was not present with you because everybody around you pretty much had the same thing going on.
1: Yeah. So I just always assumed I was like everyone else until I was told I wasn't. Right. And then everything just kind of started to click and I was like, wow. I'm not like everyone else. Right. I'm better.
0: Oh, okay. So, and, and we've compensated for that <laughs> a little bit, I see. Okay, so do you know vaguely how, how long ago that was? When um, was that first experience for you?
1: Sixth grade.
0: Sixth grade, and it you're currently now? Twelfth grade. Twelfth grade.
1: So about six years ago, I was, I think I was 12. It took a while, and it was a bit of a process. I think the final diagnosis was in eighth grade, right at the beginning.
0: Okay. Eighth grade.
1: So my first bit of help came in high school.
0: And what what was that in the form of?
1: I saw the learning center teacher.
0: Through your school? Through my school. Through your school, okay.
1: Through my school, I met the learning center teacher who had worked with my brothers in the past.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so she already knew me a bit. I'd met with her a couple times. And basically just kind of gave me a rundown of what high school was. Panicked my first day. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mother was there. It mm-hmm. was it was a long, long day. Right. And then she just kind of helped me move past it and get on with high school.
0: Right. But that's after you had been told that things were a little different for you. Yes. Right. And your school experience helped you through that or aided it a bit or was a bit of a hold back or how did you feel about it in general?
1: School probably made it a bit harder. I kind of recognized that I was having a bit of an issue with school as it took me a long time. I was really bad at doing homework Like, you should. I was spending five hours a night instead of one.
0: Were you obsessing over it? Or just...
1: Yeah. Honestly, a lot of it, I would write something, and then I just wouldn't like the look of my writing. So I would erase it and then write it again. Wow. I still do that.
0: (laughs) Wow. Okay. So you're after... There's a certain amount of fastidiousness there in small actions. Would you say that's across the board, or would you say that that's predominantly just within writing or...
1: Definitely across the board.
0: Across the board. So little things the minutiae can hold you up
1: i don't know what that means but yeah <laughs> <laughs> like Minutia,
0: like the little the little things dotting the i's crossing the t's of yeah, life yeah. tiny yeah, yeah. things are you uh the labels on the cans must point out type thing for yeah. think foods in the cupboard type. yeah
1: everything has to point a certain way and if it doesn't I either get rid of it entirely or i will fix it right i have thrown things out before
0: and that's what you mean by minutiae that is a that is a minutiae um,
1: new word new vocabulary
0: well it's just it's hey it's fun stuff I love the English language even though I'm, it's like a second language to me so if things traveled that way from you for you at a younger age and now you're moving up obviously you're 18 now
1: 17 s- about to turn 18 se-
0: yeah. 17 about to turn 18 you're looking at university which I understand has gone freakishly
2: well
1: yeah um, applied to five I've gotten into four and I'm still waiting to hear back. So that was kind of crazy. I was not expecting that. Um, Wow.
0: (laughs) Okay. So she skips the books, people. She just just goes right in for the, I know everything. Okay. I definitely
1: don't. I definitely said to them, they ask a lot of questions about who I am. And I would always say, I have ADHD. This is who I really am. Right. And I like to think they appreciated the honesty of who I really am. I don't know if that's what actually happened, but I like mm. to think that's what it was.
0: Right. Well, it would be nice to believe that. Yeah. So as a dichotomy for what's going on, because I've been informed that I should be including myself a little bit more in this, uh, this stuff is for you at this time in your life. It is a little bit more inclusive. They're saying, okay, so that's your situation. And we already have a ton of information for that. So we have. There's no concern, fear, or anything with including you in a general curriculum or other things. We have different ways of speaking with you. You definitely have that feeling. Yes. Right. Whereas for myself, being my age back in the day, there was no inclusion. There was no, we've got this, we can help you with this. Nobody understood it. It It wasn't even on the books. It was a thought that psychologists would maybe hint to on the outside of being a learning disability like they didn't believe anything more of it at the time and it was held under the auspices of other things that made us seem more disabled than anything else so it was something that I had to hide
1: you see I don't have to hide it a lot of things when I'm filling out any sort of paperwork or specifically university applications they ask specifically do you have any Neurodiverse, what's
0: it? Neurodivergent. There we yeah. go.
1: So it's like, do you have ADHD? Yes, I do. But there's also a little question box for, do you have mental illness like anxiety or depression? Right. So here and now it's very talked about, but I guess you didn't talk about it a lot when you were younger. It wasn't allowed to be talked about really. Not,
0: not even a little. Not even a little. It was a weakness in school. It was a weakness in a job. It was a weakness in a relationship. It was a problem. It was something that had to be smashed out eradicated or not talked about at all especially where we find ourselves today here in this area of of canada unfortunately so that being the case we're coming at this from two completely different ends even though it is exactly the same thing um your end isn't i wouldn't say welcomed is the correct word but very easily easily worked with. More accepted. Yes, whereas my end was stamped out and hidden. Yeah. Right, so along those lines, were you surprised when all of this started to come together in your mind? When you had a clearer, as I'm sure it's still developing. Oh, yeah. When you had a clearer understanding of where you stood, were you surprised by what... The society around you our society around you had to offer good bad otherwise
1: definitely um i remember telling my friends and trying to let them know that i was 12 years old and i just found out where they knew people usually found out at young age and they weren't always the most supportive i had one friend who she was supportive about it but also t- kind of like passive aggressive underhand comments and obviously wasn't didn't make me feel very good maybe
0: a little wigged out by it a little bit okay so on the
1: friend side of it it was hard at sometimes but society i thought it was great like school was really accepting well except actually when i was trying to get diagnosed when my teachers refused to help me she told me she thought i was fine um
0: walk it off type thing
1: yeah she was like no she said to my mom your daughter's fine i'm not going to write you a letter because your daughter's fine don't try to get her diagnosed with things she doesn't have okay yeah
0: right so even though overall things seem to have gone rather well, you yeah. did still meet with some old school resistance. Yeah. Right. Okay. That's, that is the exact kind of crap that my mother heard.
1: Yeah. You and know. this teacher, she was a bit older. She had also dealt with my eldest brother. So she knew it like ADHD and autism, like autism, it ran in the family and she knew about it. Right.
0: She knew that there was a possibility.
1: Cause she knew both my older brothers, but right. apparently I was fine. <sighs>
2: okay.
0: Well, and that, and lesson learned. Yeah. lesson learned. Now, to reassure everybody, you are fine.
1: Oh, yeah. I'm so great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course you are.
0: No, everybody's fine. We're not just a bunch of crazy people sitting here talking. That'd it's just weird. how we, well, yeah, I'm i none other than a pancake. But you kind of have to get used to how we're going to move around through things. So, as you've come up, here you are. You're in school. You've had help. Mm-hmm. You've had a language around you that has been supportive through your family. How much of a help was that not, not knowing or knowing, excuse me, that you were not the only one instantaneously.
1: It was very helpful at some points. It was a little difficult because I have two parents as most people do. I have two parents and there was four of us. So I was just diagnosed. There was still a younger one. There was two older ones. So they are trying to focus two attentions yes. on four kids. Right. So trying to, where I was struggling so much and I needed the help, I wanted to ask for the help, but I also knew my brothers needed help. Right. So it was kind of hard to find the balance there of where I had to figure things out partly on my own. Mm-hmm. Um, in the end, it's, I'm happy I figured it out on my own. I feel like I know more. I'm more independent now, but it definitely was hard. But overall, right. My family was a big help.
0: Absolutely good, excellent. Well, knowing Mitch the way I knew, I, I, I knew that that was pretty much the yep. case, right? Very
1: accepting. She helps with everything.
0: <laughs> oh, Mitch.
1: So, mummy.
0: If if that was the help, and you you had the start off knowing that you weren't alone because you had examples right in front of you in your own family. Yeah. Do you feel that that has continued outside of that through the society that you move within now have you put things in place for yourself to feel good about moving forward or do you find that they were actually kind of naturally there to feel good
1: um i think i definitely put things out there everyone's different i've learned i'm very different from my brothers Mm -hmm. and what i need is very different from what they need Uh so i've had to figure out what I need specifically to help myself. Yes. Um, and everyone with ADHD is different. No yeah. one's the same. So it's very hard sometimes to make sure that you get what you need and not what someone else needs.
0: You find yourself backing down at all from what you need to make things easier for others.
1: I used to, but I don't do, I don't anymore. I've, I've grown. <laughs>
0: Good for you. I am still <laughs> dealing with that currently at my age. I am. I still don't have a firm grasp on that, and I will throw myself under the bus to make sure that it drives across that lump well so nobody's coffee spills, absolutely. Um, So be happy that you've managed to crack that nut early. What are your university prospects looking at? You said that you applied for five and got into four.
1: Yes, Um, I got into SMU and Dal, Mm -hmm. or Kings, but Dal here in Halifax. And I got into University of Queens and York, Toronto in Toronto. Yeah, I'm just waiting to hear back from University of Toronto itself, which is Fantastic. the big one, the one I want to go to.
0: You want to go to York, Toronto? Or, so which one? University of Toronto. The University one I haven't of heard Toronto. back from. Sorry. Okay.
1: Yeah. Wow.
0: So what do you think you're going to take?
1: Um, I'm hoping to take classics. So it's like ancient history and history, but a bit more like specified. When you take history, it's like. Everything mm-hmm. ancient or classics is old history, ancient. ancient, yeah, that's
0: that would be ancient. She's okay, people, she's working on her words. She takes a second, sometimes. She'll, she'll get him. she'll get him So, and they're obviously aware that uh, you're neurodivergent, yep.
1: I let them know very early on. <laughs>
0: I'm sure you did. So, overall from a young age to still a young age but further along you can genuinely say in a in a roundabout way your experience has actually been pretty good
1: i like to think so yeah in my perspective it was pretty good right i don't know how other people view it but
0: <laughs> well you know everybody's got their own fish to fry i figure so
1: yeah
0: <laughs> so if you had if you had to say to people now who didn't have the experience that you have with knowing like myself i never thought i was anything different yeah but i had nothing to compare myself to so when i got older it was evident that i was an odd duck things yeah. were bizarre out there for me but you had you had things showing you right away that okay this isn't this isn't a thing what would you say to others that like myself but now don't have that comparison do you you gotta kind of feel for
1: it's like very cliche okay but be yourself
0: uh, yeah that is that is cliche it's good like...
1: it's good it's cliche for a reason
0: because it's yeah it's poignant
1: well throughout middle school and throughout high school i was the weirdo right. um my friends and i make jokes that we are grades freaks with class freaks which sounds really bad now that i'm saying it But we use it as a way that we're different and we know we're different. Right. And when I was younger, I didn't accept that. I noticed I do like I mask and I try to fit in. Mm -hmm,
2: mm -hmm. Now
1: I'm like, I don't care. You can make fun of me all you want.
0: When did you think you stopped masking?
1: Probably not until grade 11. So sometime last year. Really? Yeah. And I got, I became really myself this year over the past summer. I go out all the time now. I'm absolutely crazy i don't know how i have friends who still hang out with me (laughs) but but you do
0: you clearly do
1: yeah right no they're they're great they must just think i'm absolutely mental sometimes but they they know what it is right but people around us must think we're all crazy
0: right but at the same time you're owning who you are
1: yeah that
0: sounds like the best piece of advice right there is, is own it
1: own it own it accept it learn from it
0: right So what is it that you find that you have been asking others to help? Not that you need help, but almost in like you're offering an olive branch in a way like saying, "Okay, perhaps if you're going to sit down and have a conversation with me, um, I may do this or please don't be offended if I uh, or whatever. Is there anything like that Um, you've been working with?
1: One of the main ones is I talk very fast. Mm -hmm. Um, I get excited or Mm -hmm. get an idea and I keep going because I don't want to lose my idea. Right. Yeah. Um, And that usually ends up to me interrupting people a lot, which I don't mean to do.
0: Right. Do you talk over them? Yes. Yeah.
1: It's not because their idea is not important. It's just mine's also important and I want them to know mine. (laughs) Right.
0: And you're afraid that if the conversation changes without you initiating the change, you will not be able to get... Yeah. That piece of that topic out in time.
1: And then it's stuck in my head forever because I'm like, it was so important. Yeah, I can't get it out. It's there. So that's hard to work. on. That
0: is an incredibly going back to cliche. That is a cliche common thing that we do. Yeah. Race. Talk over people. (laughs) (laughs) Race to get ahead. Do you have a hard time waiting your turn?
1: Yes. Ah. Yeah. I used to think that stemmed from having three brothers and just I didn't like waiting. Well, that's that's a that's little part, true. Of it, that's but... part of it.
0: No, that's real. That's, that's very real part of it. It's like if I don't grab that slice of bread now, I'm going to starve in the corner. Yeah, yeah. I get that. I get that. OK, so there is still there's a lot of commonality. So even over the years, uh, we've changed. The people have changed the acceptance of ADHD in the workplace, society, school, all of these things. Has changed, but the fundamentals, the basis of what ADHD is and what it can do to us, hasn't changed at all. No. <laughs> no. Because uh, for everybody out there, there's uh, over 30 years between the two of us, and I am agreeing with almost everything you're saying.
1: We all kind of started out in the same place. It just we evolved did. differently.
0: But the, the, I find the interesting thing is is we're talking from a very personal perspective as to what we've noticed about ourselves. Yeah. And I think as individuals moving through ADHD, we've done far more expansive work to ourselves and society is the one that's falling behind. Not that I'm trying to preach that society is no good. I'm just realizing now that what's gotten you through isn't available to me at this age right now.
1: It, yeah, it's very, they're kind of focused on the new generation coming up that they've yeah. kind of, not forgotten per se, but aren't as focused on the people who are there right now and need the help. Right. People like you, who are a bit older. <laughs> yeah, no, no, that's fair.
0: I'm old. That's true. That's well,
1: you're not right. You're old, just
0: older. I, I'm, I'm old, people. Dust. Dust. <laughs> if, if you blow on these wrappings too much, the dust just comes out like a mummy. So, with the problems that, that I've had, with this being fairly recent for me, but my age and the society that we're in now, and it's being quite clear that's what available for you is not available for me, yeah. what do you think, as a younger person moving forward, would be great steps to take? Because there, there will be more of you, right? That more young people are having these issues as they develop. But there's also going to be more of me. There'd be people who are already here that are now starting to come forward and say, oh,
1: that's not normal. That's why
0: I did that for my entire life or this or these things or why I haven't been able to do this. So in your impression, in your thoughts, what, what do you feel would be a good move to plant something forward so we could all kind of work with this?
1: Um. Probably the best almost example I can think of is the IWK Children's Health Center here mm. in Halifax. Okay. I get lots of help from there. My brothers always did. Um, it's for children. But as soon mm. as you turn 18, 18 or 19, you're mm. out. Right. You're on your own. Um, you got family doctors, but that's they're not specialized to what you need specifically. I think they could probably start getting doctors who are more trained towards people Right who are neurodivergent and then learn and grow from there.
0: Okay. So the medical community for yeah. sure. Okay. So I move forward and I say not just the medical community, but I think that there is a lot of, I personally myself right now, I'm going through a housing problem. Yeah. I have a housing problem and I have only ever worked for myself. Now, when I was younger, when I was, here we go. When I was your age, <laughs> Uh, I had tons of jobs, and they were all industrial. So it was hard labor. I was doing things that no person should really d- do, because they're not good for you. But that was, as I now know, on purpose, because that was the type of focus that I had. Yeah. It also kept me away from close interactions with other people. I had a hard, in, no, a hard industrial job to do, and I did that, and it was a strong focus point. Um, do you use focus points? I do use
1: focus points. I like to think I do.
0: So you just, I'm going to segue here for a second. So you just, I just offered you an experience recently. What was that?
1: Last week, I got my first tattoo done.
0: Boom. There you go, (laughs) people. Her first tattoo done for her, her about to be 18th birthday.
1: I'm very excited about it.
0: How was that?
1: I loved it. It was oddly relaxing.
0: Focus point. Yeah. Right. So you felt as though everything kind of slowed down a little bit and you became more collected.
1: Yeah. It was like, I don't even know how to explain it at that point. I usually think of myself. I'm all over the place. Right. Constantly. Yes. I could be over here and over here. And then I, my shoe could be somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm never together. When I was getting tattooed, it was like that one point on my arm. Everything was just there.
0: How did that feel?
1: I liked it. It was relaxing. And I don't usually feel relaxed. I'm always up and ready to go. I can't sleep very well because I'm up and ready to go. Right. Right. I could have fallen asleep right there on that table.
0: <laughs> okay. So interest coming back from the segue, <laughs> a focus point. And there it is. It's it's almost a medical reserve of calmness. Yeah. Uh the jobs that I put myself in when I was younger were jobs that had no choice but to offer me a very harsh focus point they were dangerous jobs they were nasty jobs and there wasn't a large amount of interpersonal communication within these jobs because you had a task to do and it was usually a dangerous or very uh consuming task
1: one that couldn't have multiple
0: no no yeah you had to totally focus where you were something bad was going to happen So I was unintentionally doing exactly the same thing. And I believe it's referred to as stimming. Yeah. Little things we do with our hands, our fingers, uh, uh, a little blink or something like that, that we do over and over and over again to be that focus point. Yes. Um, Do you find that you look for external focus points sometime? Are you fully aware of them now? Or were you fully aware of them before you got your tattoo? and their power
1: i was not really aware of them um i've heard about like they were talked about before right and i definitely knew what they were i'd never like found my own i have loads of hobbies that i would use to focus but after getting my tattoo i realized they weren't exactly a focus point right because i was still all places at once i was watching tv i was doing this i was still everywhere right and now i'm like oh that's something that kind of slowed me down what else slows me down I haven't really found anything yet, but
0: the tattoo definitely <laughs> maybe, works. <laughs> maybe maybe that is another podcast, people. Yeah. <laughs> that, that could go places, but not right now. <laughs> anyway, moving on back to the topic. So interestingly enough, through all of this time, you finding out that that was a thing and focus point and stuff like that. And then me going back 30 some odd years and saying, that's what I was intentionally doing without knowing that that's what I was doing. Yeah. Um, but in my case, that led me to take on jobs that were training me how to be hard on myself.
1: Did you choose all these jobs? Like all those I hard did labor every, jobs? Every,
0: every single one of them by choice, you just, by choice. Okay. Uh, not because they were offered, not because it was the only gig there. And at time, I literally sought after jobs that were horrible. I could never. Let's uh let's just say as a as a brief synopsis I've I've worked over 37 different jobs. Toxic waste removal.
1: How old were you when you did that? 18. I don't even think I'd be allowed to do that. Well,
0: I started working illegally when I was 14. <laughs> <laughs> hey, this is a voice for radio people. I'm actually um kind of a large dude and I've always been big so I lied on all my job applications and started working when I was 14 years old Uh, my first job was working for an old company that no longer exists called Canadian Marconi Um, they do radar and uh, uh, radio communications and my first job was putting antenna masts on the fronts of ships so I was 14 years old, sometimes uh, out at sea, repairing antenna masts, which could be up to 40 to 50 feet high.
1: You could have just fallen into the ocean if you were in Oh, Oh,
0: well, it was very dangerous. I'm sitting in something called a bosun's chair, which is a uh, rope under a wooden plank. And I'm oh, being wow. hauled up to the top of a mast to uh, an antenna mast, which are thin... Well, probably about a foot to two feet around, and then they taper as they go up, made out of fiberglass and carbon. And they're just the radio antennas for ships. But at 40 feet, you're cranking on the next (laughs) stage of it, and the ship's swinging four feet to six feet. Either side is zero, and you're puking all over the guys downstairs. And it's it's a thing. That was my first job. Quite exciting. Yeah, and they, they went up from there. My first wrench weighed 35 pounds and was almost four feet long. And that, that was the size of the bolts that we were putting in the deck.
1: I don't even know if I can lift that.
0: Well, more to the point. <laughs> but you can always grow stronger. Uh, more to the point is is that I fostered those jobs until I was 20. Yes. And that's all I ever knew. Six years. Yeah. Six years doing that. Now, of course, it totally wrote off my body because I was doing
1: <laughs> You're dead by the time you're 20. Yeah, like... <laughs>
0: Asbestos <laughs> removal, onboard tugboats.
2: Uh,
0: I have, there's so many. I, a harbor crew harbor crew cleanup, where I was cleaning up uh, escaped crude oil from opened hatches uh, on port, which is illegal. But just more crazy stuff, covered in crude oil, and and yeah, it was just crazy. Anyway, point being. I now know, I've come to the realization at my age that I did that unintentionally, intentionally.
1: Unconsciously, you did it for a reason.
0: Yeah. Whereas you don't have to. People your age, and maybe even a little bit older, came in at a time where it was all very openly talked about. Yeah. And it was part of, yeah, we can have this conversation or here's some tools for you to use yeah okay so my generation we didn't have tools we just had these ridiculously hard (laughs) jobs Uh, so now i've developed and this is something that my doctor and my therapist have both said to me Uh, after that time i started to work for myself because i realized that that put a time limit on my body yeah so i used my body you're using your mind it would seem you're definitely, you're much better off. <laughs> never done any jobs like that before. <laughs> no, no, but you're, you put in for five universities and you got in. Yeah. Or you're waiting, you're waiting on the fifth one. You got into four right away. And I believe one of them was, uh, you just did a tour. You yes. didn't actually apply.
1: Well, I did apply, but only because I could apply for free. Right. So, so basically I didn't even want to go, <laughs> um, and, but, then they,
0: and they took you? Yeah. Oh, for God's
1: sake. I was sat there and they're like, are you applying? I was like, I haven't yet. They're like, oh, you definitely should. We'd accept you right on the spot. So I did. And the next day I got an offer.
0: And there you have it. There you have it. So that could also be a little bit of a difference between how it seems to affect girls versus guys.
1: Yeah. I think uh-huh. girls focus on more like the mind. I guess, like, stereotypically, honestly. It is
0: stereotypical, yeah. but um, as we go on and learn any more and more about this and the research that I've done, and I will research this forever, women tend to be quieter, more subdued about it. They turn inward. And because of that, the quietness comes. They seem to be more demure. They seem to go along with things. They don't rock the boat more easily taken advantage of in that way, so on and so forth. And the list goes on. Whereas guys are the ones that act out. They become more rambunctious. They're hard to settle down because it's more of a physical trait for them.
1: It's like an outlet.
0: Than it is, yes. They need just as much of an outlet. We both need outlets, but they have to come in two different directions. And I'm also speaking stereotypically not for everyone. Because you've met one person with ADHD. You've only met one. Thank you, Mitch, for saying that. Just <laughs> one. Because we're all different. But stereotypically, that seems to be what's going on. Now, do you have any physical traits that you feel could work for you? I mean, we've obviously found out that a little pinch here and there <laughs> gets your attention.
1: I like the little pinches. Um,
0: you, well, How about sports? Are you active in sports at all? Were you?
1: I used to be. Right? Well, some people don't consider sport. I was a dancer for... Tw- 12 years
0: right okay
1: maybe not that many i don't remember um no it was 12 and i focused really hard i used to dance like 15 hours a week
0: lots and lots of lots
1: and lots of practice and then i took it really seriously for a while and i was gonna go pro and -hmm. then i was also told i was too tall and then i couldn't stand still too too tall yeah i'm too tall i'm taller than the guy dancers which is unacceptable
0: really okay well yeah that sounds like another podcast too
1: yeah <laughs> giants yeah
0: okay so how, how tall are you
1: I'm like 510 I'm not that tall 5'10".
0: for a girl 5'10". but 510 yeah and you're well, 18 yeah so you know there's more to come right
1: you... you're
0: gonna get a little taller
1: yeah well my mom's like six one yeah 6'5". yeah
0: your mom's almost as tall as I am.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But no, the reason I could never really make it in dance is I couldn't stand still. I was always told, you're too wiggly. You're not balancing. Stop moving. And I would be like, I'm not moving. I'm not moving. But I definitely was moving. And I just wasn't registering that I was moving.
0: <laughs> right. Okay. So there's that fidgetiness. <laughs> yeah. And all of that. So then I have to say that, did you grow out of dancing?
1: That one's a hard one. I danced up until a year or two ago. Right. And I definitely grew out of it. But I think what really happened is I just didn't like the environment anymore. Okay. Um, I didn't like my dance school. Okay. But what looking was, back on it now.
0: What was going on there?
1: I went to the Royal Winnipeg Ballet for a two-week summer program. And I absolutely loved it. Time of my life. Mm-hmm. Nice people. Teachers were amazing. I come back to Nova Scotia. And... The girls are not very nice, not very accepting. I was told I was too much like I always talked too much. I always did this too much. Okay. All
0: right. So there's your bad experience with the ADHD right
1: there. And then I stopped.
0: Hmm. That is something I have definitely experienced throughout my life. Yeah. It's an extremely common thread. Now, in your mind, what direction have you gone with that? Has it embittered you or have you just said, that sounds like a you problem, boo, type situation?
1: It used to really upset me. Right. I had a best friend, not a best friend anymore. Mm, mm. I was thankful enough for my mother to put some smart into me and <laughs> I dropped her. Um, okay. But she would always tell me I was too much. And I never really thought about it. Mm -hmm. I kind of brushed it off and then I heard it more and more. And then I went to dance and I heard it more and more. Mm. And then I went to high school and I heard it more and more. And it really started to get to me. And I was like, people think I'm too much. They don't like me. I'm too much. And then.
0: Okay. What's your understanding of too much? What are you. I don't know. Well, what is. So in these people that are saying these things to you, what are they saying is the thing that is too much? Or are they just straight up saying too much? Which is nebulous at They've best.
1: never told me. Never one has ever said anything specific about it. So in my head, it's just talking about the things that make me me. I talk fast. I talk about a lot of things. I'm right. not good at staying on topic. Right. I'm moving. I move a lot. I'm messy. Just that. In my head, that's what too much is. But I don't actually know if that's what they mean or not.
0: So not only were they hitting you with this stuff, it, it was unexplained. Yep. It was just this no man's land of a negative feeling.
1: And then I got to an age and I was like, I don't care anymore
0: you okay, so it stopped affecting you, but you made this is your choice to move from that yeah you're elsewhere now yeah okay and I'm healthier for it, I would say yes that's the right thing to do all right, very good. so so many of us become bitter. Uh, I was bitter. <laughs> oh boy, was I bitter it it flavored my life because I didn't understand what I was doing like where that was coming from I had no role models nobody to lean against none of this stuff and I'm not saying that you know my family wasn't helpful Uh, they were as helpful as they could have been and I'm, I'm very grateful for them I have some friends that are still my friends now they were helpful in the way that they they never judged me
1: they did the best they could they
0: did the best they could that's right and they never said that I was a burden but they would honestly say, okay, I need to take a wee bit of a break.
2: Yeah, I got uh, that too. Did you get that too? Yeah.
0: But they're still with you type thing? Or... Yes. Good. And I think that that's probably the healthiest outlet, maybe.
2: Yeah. Oh, you're.
0: it's not that you're a bit much. It's just that I need a wee bit of a break. When they explain it like that, it's <laughs> yeah. less
1: hurtful other Absolutely. than you're too much. You should stop. That just hurts. Yeah, that's, that's just mean.
0: That's, ridic- that's the other person's problem. I'm pretty sure that that is the other person's problem. Because I can't really
1: do anything to stop it.
0: Well, no, and they're not, they're not, that's not a conversation. That's coming after somebody. Yeah. That's literally just slamming somebody. There's, there's, there's no roundabout there. There's no, can we discuss it? They've opened and shut the door and then locked it. Yeah. Right. Okay. So as we move forward in these understandings that we have now and all this kind of stuff, and you're looking at university and the type of university that you're trying to do. What are you going to set up for yourself? Do you have a plan?
1: I've never been very good at plans. Well, that's a lie. No, okay.
0: (laughs) To understand a plan by a plan, I don't necessarily mean, well, I want to get married and have a house and 2.3 kids.
2: I hate kids. No. no, Okay. That's my plan. Don't have kids. She
0: just threw that out there and we're done with it. Just like that. I hate kids. Uh, That's not another podcast. It's over. (laughs) And we're open done. and shut. It's, it's, forget it. The key's <laughs> gone. The door's <laughs> locked. We're out. I mean, a plan as in I know who I am now. Given how I know I'm going to react to certain things that are out of my control, I can put a general feeling in my way to help me go through the tasks that I'm sure you're now learning is the outside world. That makes have more you, sense. Yep. Have um, you moved through some of that yet?
1: I think I have. In my head, I have, once again, I never know what other people are thinking. Sure, sure. Um, I plan to move to Toronto as okay. my goal, which means moving completely away from my family, who I, has been my support system.
0: How do you feel about that? I'm excited. Okay.
1: I like being independent. I like doing things on my own.
0: Right.
1: Meeting new people now, to me, is exciting. It used to scare me because I didn't want the comments that were At, mean and yes. came along with it.
0: So you steered away from it a little bit. Yeah. Yes. Okay.
1: Now I'm better at saying if you don't like me for who I am, mm-hmm. see you later. Not my problem. That's a right you on. problem. Your right. loss. You know, I'm I'm pretty great. It's <laughs> your loss.
0: There's that confidence again, right? <laughs> it is right there.
1: So I'm excited to move and learn how to do things on my own. I right. don't know how excited my parents are. I think they're a little nervous for me. Well,
0: Hood, they love you very much. Of course, they're yeah. going They're good. There's nothing. <laughs> There, that's an impossibility to not yeah. be anything but that.
1: It's very terrifying, but it's exciting. I know my limits, how much I can take until like I shut down. Right. Okay. Um, What I need to succeed in school, to succeed in a new place. Okay. Um, I've just learned to kind of work through it.
0: Okay. So you mentioned shut down. What happens when you shut down?
1: It usually happens after I've been around people too much. And... I usually just lock myself in my room oh okay maybe not physically locked but i go in my room i usually put my headphones on and i need a break i can't deal with people i find people too much at that point Right. anything they say i'm irritated by okay for no reason gotcha that's my key as to i've been around people too much and i need a break right i used to not understand that limit and i would keep pushing and pushing and pushing
0: pushing you or pushing others pushing myself Okay, and where, where did I would that end up? I would yell. You. I would okay. get angry. <laughs> right.
1: Okay. I don't do that anymore.
0: Did you do that consciously yourself or was that part of your therapy?
1: I'm not so sure, actually. I think she hinted to it. Okay. But we never, I never specifically said it to her. She never said it to me. It was something we kind of worked towards and then I realized myself.
0: Okay. Excellent. That is. Another one of those painting with a broad brush, very stereotypical things that happens to people such as ourselves that it gets to be overwhelming.
1: Yes. I get overwhelmed pretty easily. I can be overwhelmed.
0: But you get overwhelmed by people.
1: By people. Yeah.
0: Do things ever overwhelm you?
1: No. I like things. I like chaos. Right. I... That's why I want to move to University of Toronto. Is it's downtown? I'm constantly surrounded by the hustle and yeah, bustle. Everything's it's moving. It's gonna
0: be. It's gonna be. Uh, for those that don't know where we live in Canada, this is relatively a fairly somewhat small place. This is not a large area. Yeah. And compared to one of our larger cities, Toronto, this place is a quarter. Of its population and size. Yes. Uh, so there is quite a difference between the two. Yes. Um, so you've, you're you relishing the challenge of that. That yeah. uh, that change of structure, that mm-hmm. change of yeah. of pace.
1: Well, I come from Toronto. Um, we lived always in the suburbs. Right. And now we're back in Nova Scotia. Right. Still live in the suburbs. But I go downtown with my friends and I'll go out and I love it. I love being out. I love people watching, I guess. Okay. I like seeing what other people yeah. do. And then it's crazy to me to think, like, oh, my God, they have a life. That's off topic.
0: Um, <laughs> no, no it's, We've switched topics four times <laughs> so far. I segued for a whole ten minutes, so don't worry about it. <laughs>
1: anyway, um, so I really like downtown. And when I figured that out, that kind of helped me my university choice and deciding Toronto is one of the biggest cities. It opens up like the entire world to me, too. It's one of the biggest places in Canada, most right. well known. Um, it opened everything up. I get to live by the city. I get to be in it all, which is what I want.
0: Excellent, excellent, excellent. So, while you're down there, over there, down there, Toronto, technically well, down or by that place, down and over, do you have the? What is your long-term goal for for school? Uh, other than obviously graduating, where? What's your purpose with that?
1: My plan is to. Do an undergrad in Toronto. Mm -hmm. And then I'm hoping to do a year abroad. Most schools do do those.
0: Absolutely. And
1: Europe is the goal. Very good. The complete end goal is to move to Europe. I have family. Really? Really. It's quite exciting. Oh,
0: no. That is excellent. (laughs) Let me tell you personally, it's the bomb.
1: Did you live there?
0: Yeah. I didn't know that. I'm from Switzerland. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not from here.
1: I did not know Uh, that.
0: uh, uh, (laughs) Yeah. It's a, uh, it, it's it's a roundabout story. I actually, uh, I, I popped out, <laughs> I literally popped out, in Ontario,
2: okay. as
0: my mother and my father, were here from, Switzerland. So my, they were on vacation. Kind of. My maybe long. My father was an architect, and uh-huh. my mother worked with, one of. Canada's brand new mega computers that was first put in at the Sun Life Insurance Company. Uh, This was when computers were the size of the top two stories of apartment buildings. (laughs) They were just these massive things and required little wooden poles to work. It, It was insane. Anyway, my father was actually the chief architect that was helping with the retrofit of the top two floors of the Sun Life building so it could be so it could be retrofit to have the computer put in it. Oh wow. And they met that way. And uh he was in Europe, uh they were back and forth a number of times and they came here. I happened, went back to Switzerland. Then he made it I was uh there was nothing wrong with taking babies on planes back then. Nobody cared and the Concorde was available, so we flew the Concorde and I was just a swaddled little child. And uh we spent uh, a number of years there but not long maybe one or two and then came back for my father to work so it was a very weird roundabout yeah, type he's, he's thing been I've been back a couple of times but not recently due to expense uh, I get that yeah. yeah it's it's not a cheap trip people it's <laughs> it's it's not but I have friends uh, I still have family there, um, friends like your mom, who who we would reminisce and talk <laughs> about some crazy little things like certain TV shows or treats. And I, I'd go down memory lane, oh, you know, it was the first time I ever had a pasty and all that kind of stuff. Was Can
1: I ask you a really off topic sure, weird yeah, question? Yeah. Have you ever seen the movie Chitty Chitty Bang Bang?
2: Yes. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Where did that come from? <laughs>
1: So you're Welcome
2: talking, to ADHD, you're talking
1: about weird, um like things that are Europe. Yeah, I grew up watching that with my family. Yeah, I mentioned it to my friends the other day, and they're like, "What is that?" So I started singing the song, "Chitty Chitty Bang Bang," yeah. and they were and like, "They didn't know." No, and they hated it. They were like, "Can you stop? That's so annoying." Not I was annoying with the song. I didn't stop. I wanted it to be <laughs> annoying. <laughs> well,
0: of course, it's a <laughs> Disney classic.
1: Exactly. So I will continuously play it just for fun. But none of them knew what it was. And I wasn't sure if it was a European thing or no. my mother is a weird thing. <laughs>
0: like... But I'll tell you, that movie in particular, that uh, that time of Disney was incredibly popular in Britain. Okay. It had something to do with a type of old world value. And and a lot of their stories were Europe's Europe central. Yeah. Uh, a lot of them were older based stories or fairy tales that were coming from Germany, the Black Forest you know yeah. chimney sweeps that are predominantly london area you know uk so they were huge down there so yeah that's your mom's influence that's that's Big where time. that came from that's <laughs> chitty, chitty bang bang oh swinging topics yet once again <clears throat> well anyway we're gonna try to find the topic again but it's not entirely it necessary was
1: a po- you were asking me about a plan
0: yeah, your, yes, no your plan. plan. And it's, what do you want to do with the ancient studies that you're yeah. going to be doing?
1: I want to take my degree. I want to move across the ocean. Right. Maybe st- for, while well, I'm still in undergrad, maybe study at like, I don't know, Switzerland or Germany. Somewhere exciting, oh, somewhere beautiful. different. Yeah. Um, And then go to England and study possibly a master's there nice. or just start work. Um, I'm, I keep saying, um.
0: It's I brought it up and now it's living in our heads. I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> um, I just did it again. Yeah. <laughs> Over the past summer when I last visited England, we went to a museum, the Victoria and Albert Museum. Absolutely. And I yeah. really loved it. Mm-hmm. And I felt very at home. It was very comforting. Lovely. So I really hope to be able to work in somewhere like that when I'm older. Mm-hmm. So I plan on taking my classics degree, taking it into museum studies and working in a museum or archives
0: fantastic fantastic okay so we've been talking about i've been talking about the horrors i've put my body through and how misunderstood (laughs) i've been through the ages and and people like me and you've been talking about how you're just being yourself and using your mind to move forward very different how are you adjusting to having people in your life do you want to have people in your life yes you do in a limited capacity strictly under your control are you ready for the insanity that people have
1: i think it depends on the people right i have met some not so great people in the past i've Mm -hmm. had some not so great friendships Mm -hmm. that have ended Mm -hmm. terribly Mm um i kind of learn now what a friend is to me right and who deserves me like not like that but like like that no
0: i understand yeah you know without the ego yeah (laughs) (laughs) no minus the
1: ego who deserves me you know and we deserve each other i want someone who's going to care as much about me as i care about them right i find sometimes i put in a lot more than i get back
0: there is another one of those stereotypical things yes again
1: and it gets very tiring very quickly yeah so if i have loads of like friendships relationships whatever where it's very like two-sided and we both put in the same amount. I can have so many of those. If right. it's one-sided, I can do maybe one or two and I'm done. Right. Yeah. Definitely depends on the person.
0: Two-way street is worth keeping for sure. Yes. Absolutely. I've okay. been lucky
1: to find a couple.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, it's it, it's not impossible, but I believe it is tricky. It is hard. It is tricky, especially when we give so much. Yeah. And I, there's another commonality i I get that 100%. I am in part in the place that I'm in now because of what I give. Yeah. You now it's, it's led down a long path to lead to now. Uh, I can say for myself, though, that anytime the adversity comes up at this age, at the younger age, whenever, I just create something new. If a thing doesn't work, failure is always an option. I'm completely fine with failure. It just gives me room to create another thing and try that and then create another thing and try that. Do you create your things or do you start off with a plan that you're fairly sure will be successful? Obviously. Given the fact that you haven't had much experience. Say, I'm yet.
1: 17. I've got to give this one a think.
0: But you do. You did have to wangle the, that insane social mix of school. And balance a little bit of family and balance a little bit of work. It's, again, a microcosm of that kind of feeling.
1: High school was probably some of the worst years of my life up until grade 10.
0: I can identify with that.
1: It sucked. (laughs) And then when I reached the age where I was like, I am who I am. It changed. It changed. What was the question? (laughs) (laughs) I was starting to go somewhere that I completely forgot.
0: A crow. (laughs) It's like. uh. I wonder what Mel Torme is doing today. I
1: don't know who that so, is. <laughs> where was
0: the question? Uh, geez, sometimes I forget myself what the question was. <laughs> this is how to do a successful podcast, everybody. It's just... Ask questions? Forget the questions that you're supposed to ask.
1: <laughs> it must have something to do with school. Why was I bringing up school?
0: <laughs> no, you said that you had had some bad relationships and that that, yeah. that was it was the microcosm of you Having some short experiences, even though you're quite young, you already had to experience negotiating school friends. That right. So failure. We
1: were talking fa- about failure. Right. right.
0: <laughs> so failure is always an option. So yes. do you create? See, we're back. We got it. Do you create these these places that you can go when something fails and make a new one and make a new one, or uh, did you just plan from the beginning and just stay true to that?
1: I definitely fail. I had a plan for a very long time, right. um, bringing it back to school a bit. Yeah. I wanted to go into science. Okay. I liked facts. That I liked...
0: Not dancing at
2: all. That's No, not... <laughs> no.
1: I loved science. I loved okay. math. It was where I was like, oh, everything's right or wrong. Right. I hate science. I hate math. I have changed op- like directions completely. completely. I figured out... I had to fail at something. I'll say I didn't fail like a grade. Yeah, I didn't do sure. my best right. to realize that that's not what I wanted to do.
0: Were you doing that as some sort of need for yourself or were you directed to believe that that's what you should do?
1: Honestly, I'm not so sure. I think it was partly what I was expected to do. I'd always told history, you're going to fail. There's nothing for it. Oh. Yeah. People are like, it's a useless degree because what are you going to do with it? I have a plan. If this plan fails... Like you, I should be able to make a new one. But for mm-hmm. now, I have a plan.
0: Okay. Excellent. All right. Well, that's so that would be my thing to impart to you. We are creators. Yep. This is another one of those stereotypical things. We create. A lot of us can't help but create. Yep. Constantly building something new all the time usually as a stimming factor. And I I never explained that before to anybody else. Stimming is something that, um, people who are neurodivergent do. It's the most common thing that you would see is the shaking leg. Yes. The leg that's constantly shaking and vibrating. This can also be restless legs, hand fidgeting, picking, skin picking, uh, flicking of fingers, chewing fingernails, uh, itching scratching anything that gives somebody a sensation that is basically called stimming uh it's it's a very poor try for a focus point yes but it's what we can do at the time temporary it's a temporary fix yeah so we tend to create a tremendous amount more of us create than less of us create yes we always seem to come up with new things and have no problem moving from one to another, as you yourself said, sometimes you're doing three or four things at once. I'm always all over the place. Yep. Hey, let's watch some TV. Can I do that upside down with my head on the seat of the chair? The Type, yes, I th- can. <laughs> yes, you can. And uh, as another interesting stemming point that's common is, you were a bit of a toe walker when you were younger. You spent a lot of time walking on your toes.
1: I did spend a lot of time on my toes.
0: Neurodivergent boys and girls do that spent a lot of time toe walking uh i don't know if we have an explanation for that as of yet but i thought that was interesting because the very first time i met you oh my god
1: how long ago was that
0: you were uh, you were much younger and you were standing at the kitchen counter on your toes and i went that's interesting and then you left the kitchen counter still on your toes <laughs> and then walked down the hallway on your toes and I'm like this is going to get interesting
1: (laughs) this is for my future podcast
0: (laughs) I'm going to think about a podcast now I'm going to put her on then and that's what we're going to do anyway do you uh, you used to play the sports and all that kind of stuff but now you've kind of moved out of that you're you're focusing a little bit more on intellectual pursuits you're fine with letting some people in you've got to be really picky about that and very cautious of that of a self-protective nature or as a frustration nature, like stay away from me, I'm damaged, I've been damaged, or I don't have the patience for you, or a little bit of all three.
1: It's a little bit of everything. All right. It usually starts as a, I don't have a patience for you to be like that. If someone's openly, I can't think of the word right now, if they're openly like that, I'm just going to say that and help people understand. Yeah, that's okay. Um, Then I will block them out straight away. Straight away. Sometimes but, it's a bit more hidden and they're like,
0: I'm mm, such a great person.
1: Right. And then when I find out, I'm like, I don't want this to happen again. It's happened to me before and it hurt. Yeah. So then I cut them out then. Right. It is hard to cut people out. I'm talking about it like it's easy. It's not easy. No, no. It takes a long time.
0: I think it's... For most people, is not. I, I don't think that's just for people like us. I think. I think sucks. that's for everyone. It yeah. sucks for most people. Yeah, it does. As we're starting to wind up this podcast so far, and we've looked at you know, where you've been, where you're going, yeah. some of the differences, a lot of the things that are quite similar. So, age isn't a factor. Um, where you are in life isn't a factor because. It, it, Again, there's a lot of common area that's been painted with that brush for for all of us in this particular little bit of fun. Uh, do you think you're going to maintain being just fine with it or do you want to create more dialogue and make some serious changes? Do you think you put yourself in a position to do that for for people going through what you're going through?
1: I hope one day I can. Um, I'd definitely be a bit older because right now, of course, of course, yeah. I know a lot about myself. I'm 17, so I'm still figuring it out. Absolutely. I do really hope, though, when I am older, I can help other people. Maybe people my age, girls specifically, almost because I know I learned it's a conspiracy, but through like TikTok and YouTube, that it's common for girls to get diagnosed later in life. Mm -hmm. I was diagnosed late ish. Not compared to some other people who don't get diagnosed mm-hmm. until when were you diagnosed it was like not that long
0: ago i quite honestly i was diagnosed one month ago
1: wow that's really soon
0: yeah this <laughs> is now i mean obviously you knew, but you know jay's an odd duck has been said to me for <laughs> my entire life like if, <sighs> there was there were things going on right from the beginning but nobody knew anything yeah. and uh, there was and I just got that door, you know, finally put to bed, you know, put to rest. The door was shut. We had our answers one month ago. And uh, I I asked you that question originally because I myself feel as though on top of my other pursuits, I now have a new one. And that's this podcast to talk with people with ADHD other people who are ADHD and on the spectrum maybe, anybody who wants, like yourself, anybody who (laughs) wants to communicate about it and the world around them. Because there is an attempt, one of my guests coming up doesn't have ADHD and isn't part of the community and isn't part of anything, but he is a part of health.
1: So it has something, it's connecting.
0: Well, what do we do? We look at stimming, we look at, uh, a lot of us can't, get out of our own way to exercise and health seems to be a way bit of a problem with us because there's usually other markers involved. Yeah. Um, and it's become quite important and quite painfully blatant to me that if somebody is going to act on something, they need to act on their health and we are some of those people for sure. Yep. Uh, I know where I now have taken this on as almost a mantle. I want people to, to not just know about it in a friendly happy way but I want this to be an active discussion because I lived my life with go walk it off. Yeah. There there was no help. Like I said it was he's just acting up or he's a troubled kid. Yes. You know, so I was punished. Not not by my parents, you <laughs> know, just well not by my mother, my my truest friend. Not by my mother. She never punished before. My dad did you know, and my friends did, and I am not friends with a single person I knew in school, because that was, that's how bad that was. well, that's a different world, right? And uh, it was really not accepted then. <clears throat> so I've taken this whole thing on so far as to want to create this podcast and talk about it. So I wanted to do more. And I'm wondering if that's my wanting to create something and move forward with it, and this seems like a great thing to do, or if this is something that I would share with others. And more than just A couple like if it is something that people now see and say i really want to talk about this because i feel as though i've been misunderstood
1: yes i get that i find for me myself i don't particularly like educating people on adhd but i like telling my story okay you know like where i came from or having conversations like this Mm -hmm. so that someone could watch it back or listen to it back or whatever and think i understand that i relate to that and Mm -hmm. then they can figure out more about themselves
0: that is another part of what I would like to accomplish, for sure. So they don't feel like do. as though they're alone. Yeah. Exactly. It's like, well, look. Yeah, so the 50-something-year-old guy just said this thing. How am I relating to him? Wait a second. You know, the 18-year-old just said, and she's a girl. I'm a girl. I, I get this. I see this. Especially, well, and I can't even especially say for, for men or for women. I My biggest thing for this is the age because I do not have the help that you have. It the is system is built for you. Yep. It is not built for me. And there are more people, as, as I said earlier, there's more people like myself coming out of the woodwork as we are realizing why with the changes that have happened out there. And here we go. COVID again, <laughs> COVID. causing the problems that it's caused. We're all of a sudden without certain things. That we've counted on our whole lives because we've put that into place and now we don't have them. So it's bizarre. Whereas it didn't really affect you in that way. But now you're coming up in an information age.
1: Everything's everywhere.
0: And you touched you touched on it. It's a slight shift in topic, but you touched on it earlier and you just said uh, TikTok. I love TikTok. Okay. Not for the reason most so,
1: girls love TikTok, but I love TikTok.
0: I understand. So for you... Media yes. is a huge influence. For me, it's not. It, it to me, it's a recent tool that I've been using with my work. Yeah, I grew up with it. You grew up with it so what has this fast packaged, small or it's of information blasting away at your <laughs> mind? what it has this done good, bad, both? What has it done for you think?
1: Out of all social media platforms, TikTok is my favorite because I get to scroll through one thing. It's mindless. If I'm stressed or anything, I just need a break. We scroll. Um, It's also informational. That sounds really crazy. Depending (laughs) on your for you page. (laughs) I have a lot of people who pop up and it's kind of creepy, but the algorithm knows, hey, I'm autistic. I have ADHD. So does this person right here. And it will give me someone talking about their story. And kind of like this podcast, it's a way for me to listen to other people's versions of how they grew up and how who they are. And I learned that way.
0: So I can't believe I'm about to say this. The evil algorithm <laughs> is actually doing something useful by putting you in touch with other people of a like mind. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Really?
1: Yeah. It's crazy to think because... You like a video. Let's say for some reason a video popped up about a girl with ADHD. You like it. The more I keep liking those videos, the more they keep showing up. So it's weird to think that it knows kind of who I am. Right. But it's comforting because it connects me with other people. This person, I know someone who lives in Switzerland. I don't know them. I watch someone. They live in the Netherlands. I'm like, I don't know who you are, but I feel a connection because you understand what I'm going through and I understand what you're going through. And you didn't get stuff like that when you grew up. And this is something I got to grow up with. And it's evolved as I've evolved.
0: Interesting. Have you. Okay, here you go. So here's the. Here's the older guy asking the question. (laughs) Have you actually had personal communication with any of these people that you follow on TikTok? Has anything personal come out of it? No. It's just straight up a learning tool.
1: Yeah, it could if I had messaged them. Honestly, I could be like, hey, this is who I am. I really appreciate your videos. And people do do that. They do do, sorry.
0: <laughs> do do. Do do.
1: People like private message yeah. um, influencers are the creators. Ugh, yes. Influencer. Okay, no, they yeah. message the creators of a certain video sure. and say, I relate to this. Or they'll thank them for making it because it's so informational. I could definitely do that and message someone. I just haven't. I use it as a way to just connect with myself. Oh, I don't need to connect with someone else. It's more of like an in my brain.
0: So there you are still independently gathering information. Yeah. But at least you can gather it from somebody as identifiable as a person. Yes. Who's sharing their real story. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. All right. So that... Is counter to my perspective (laughs) on that matter. My perspective on it is uh, I'm not a fan of influencers. I don't believe anything that I see. Certain
1: influencers aren't so good. (laughs) Like the real popular ones, that's no for me.
0: Yeah, it's a a mess. And another minefield of people trying to sort out what's real and what isn't. So this is the first time I've actually heard it and accepted it for a positive thing. Even though I'm one who's talking through a mic to start a podcast to disembodiedly speak to people on the behalf of millions of others, I, I as an experience, so I'm no better, I suppose. Yeah. But I find it interesting that it's a lot easier for you to take than for me, yes. and I know that's that's age based, but here it is still a functioning tool.
1: Yeah, I mean through different kinds of social media you kind of learn who is the fake one or who's just out there for the popularity who's Mm. there for the money Mm. and personally on my tiktok account when i scroll through i don't get those people because i don't like those people i don't interact with their page whatever Mm -hmm. so i don't get recommended them i get recommended the people who are small and are focused generally towards a small group for people like me with adhd or girls with ADHD, something like that And it's easier to tell they're more realistic because they don't care about the fame or the followers. Right. They're there to help people. Right. So they're there to help me because I'm looking for people. Yeah. Yep.
0: Okay. Well, that is cool.
1: So I guess we're going to
0: start to sign this off then. It was, man, we were all over the place. Definitely two people with ADHD talking to each other. Um. I thank you tremendously for, for doing that. How did it make you feel? How was this?
1: I liked it. I was a little nervous going in because I've never really talked. Well, okay, I talk all the time. Yeah. But <laughs> not like this before. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, But I really liked it. It was fun. I'm excited to, I don't know. I'm not going to listen to it because I don't like my voice.
2: What?
1: I hate my voice. I always have. No. Yeah. I'm excited for other people to hear it though oh my god
0: I'm not gonna let have you watched any of the movies you've been in nope not a one not a one that would be I, I strive for perfection and I, I can't stand the sound of my own voice <laughs> so let's do a radio show <laughs> nice okay podcast the new radio Perfect. um okay well th- and there I am with a big um as you can see it right there on the screen um. Uh, they all look the same anyway thank you so much for being here do you think we're going to get you in one more time before you go
1: definitely when do you go probably in september
0: september okay right of course
1: august september so i got a long time
0: you got a long time well we'll definitely get you back in I'll, we'll try to focus a little bit
1: we should oh. have like points written. Well,
0: I do have a couple of points. We've reached all of them through various segues through not this talk. Cohesive. Well, I'm trying to be more of a roundtable than just a straight up QA because who wants to feel like they're under a gun? And I feel that I have things that I would like to say as well. But if I'm constantly asking the questions, then you're only going to get part of a story, you're yeah. not going to get how it influences something else. And I, one of the biggest points of bringing you in, other than your personality, is the fact that you are w- socially wise. The polar opposite to me. You're a young woman. I'm an older man. So you're looking at co- two completely different perspectives. Yeah. And it it shows like two very different ways of handling the whole thing. Crazy. Yeah. So, finally thank you again for being in i very much appreciate it it was awesome uh we'll see you again for part two we'll be more focused (laughs) definitely Uh, as for everybody else that's out there thank you for tuning in yes that was two people with adhd talking to each other and losing track of where they were multiple times but it was a hell of a lot of fun so there you have it episode three of the id podcast i'd like to thank freya again very much for coming in and and you guys for bearing with us as you very much in real time were being exposed to two people with strong ADHD communicating with each other. Uh, It was uh, truly interesting to go through the editing process to hear this whole thing back. Uh, It was actually a lot of fun for as much foolishness as there was in how we were speaking with each other points were being made and i learned a lot so thank you all very much for coming remember we only go around once so please don't be too harsh on your judgment of everybody we don't know what they're going through go out there be awesome and hold fast